and happy holidays, everyone. Welcome back to another wonderfully nostalgic episode of Chasing Childhood, a weekly podcast where we revisit our childhood favorite movies and video games to see if they still hold up as adults. And today is a special week because Steph and I are both redheads now. Woo! (laughs) She's coming for my look. (laughs) Yes. I literally just dyed my hair red last night and it's nothing like Steph's whatsoever. It's like barely even red, but you know what? We're here. We're here. We're doing it. It looks so cute. It looks really good. (laughs) She sent me pictures. (laughs) It's a really dark burgundy and I didn't even think about it when I went to the nail salon on Friday and I got green nails that now I'm having a full on poison ivy moment. Yeah. Yes, and I'm love to not see mad it. at it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad thing to have. Yes. But we hope everyone has been enjoying some holiday classics this season. Personally, I've watched The Grinch 597,000 times already. Yep. Yep. <laughs> We're only, what, a few days into December, about a week yeah. into December. And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. That and like Charlie Brown Christmas and A Christmas Story just repeat. Everything's on repeat. <laughs> We love to see it. Love to see it. <laughs> so today we are reviewing a Christmas film that was released in 1947, one that many people today still consider to be a timeless holiday classic. So today we are rewatching and reviewing Miracle on 34th Street. So before we get into our review, we're going to dive into some background info, then give a plot refresher and some fun facts about the making of this film. Then we're going to get into our review and decide if Miracle on 34th Street still holds up 74 years after its release. Does this film deserve to be considered a holiday staple? Has it aged horribly? I do not know. We will find out. (laughs) I do not know. The anticipation's killing me. (laughs) Have we aged horribly? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Oh, wait. Sorry. (laughs) I like zoned out for a second. I'm sorry, guys. I literally, I did my Christmas card pictures today. And honestly, that's the whole reason why I dyed my hair red because I'm very extra. And every year (laughs) I send out very extra Christmas cards to my friends and family. So I'm like, that was way more effort than I anticipated on giving today. So she's not present. (laughs) I'm like in dire need of a nap. It's really hard taking pictures, guys. Miracle on 34th Street is a 1947 American Christmas comedy drama film, or otherwise known as a dramedy, Dramedy. released by 20th Century Fox. The film was based on a story by Valentine Davies, written and directed by George Seton, and it stars Maureen O'Hara, John Payne, Natalie Wood, and Edmund Gwen. The film was released on June 11th, 1947, and raked in $2.7 million on a $630,000 budget. Miracle on 34th Street also won three Academy Awards. Edmund Gwen, who played Santa, won for Best Actor in a Supporting Role. Valentine Davies won for Best Writing, Original Story, and George Seaton won for Best Writing Screenplay. The film was also nominated for Best Picture, but lost to a film called Gentleman's Agreement. It's so funny, too, that this film was released on June 11th, like not yeah, even Christmas, like middle of the summer. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, you know what would go great with uh, with going to the beach and like having a beach day and a pina colada in hand? A Christmas Santa. movie. <laughs> 
this powerhouse holiday movie has earned itself several different remakes, including one released in 1994 starring Mara Wilson, which I'm sure you all are already aware of. But apparently in 1985, Miracle on 34th Street became one of the first full length black and white films to be colorized. Wow. That's so cool. I never knew that. That's so cool. And... We got another one. Oh, Not yes. only did the Academy Film Archive preserve this film in 2009, but, but in 2005, this holiday film was selected for preservation in the National Film Registry by the Library of Congress as being, say it with me, everybody, culturally, culturally historically, and aesthetically significant. We got another one, guys. We got another one. DJ Khaled. (laughs) If you haven't seen this film since the 1900s, which was so long ago, or you haven't had the pleasure of seeing... We were born in the 1900s. (laughs) Have you ever seen that thing that was like when kids go into the bar now and they're like, they show their IDs. If you have a 19, they don't even have to look at the year anymore. Yeah. Because people that are born in 2000 are 21 now, which is so weird. Oh, yeah. No, when I hear a child being like, a child, yeah, because they're children to me. I'll be like, oh, how old are you? Or when were you born? They'd be like 2000 and and I'm like, and there's more. (laughs) (laughs) You're still going. (laughs) She's like, I thought this plot wrapped up in the first act. (laughs) 2000 and (laughs) what Um, dies a little bit inside. Like, literally Hello, darkness my old friend <laughs> <laughs> so if you haven't seen this film since the 1900s when the dinosaurs roamed or you haven't had the pleasure of seeing this nostalgic holiday film here's a plot summary written by <gasps> our man jay welch jay welch 5724 <laughs> jay welch we love you jay welch we're big fans we love you jay welch <laughs> from imdb he is the man <laughs> An old man going by the name of Chris Kringle fills in for an intoxicated Santa in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. He proves to be such a hit that he is soon appearing regularly at the main store in Midtown Manhattan. When he surprises customers and employees alike by claiming that he really is Santa Claus, it leads to a court case to determine his mental health and, more importantly, his authenticity. Honestly, what an original plot. Like, wow. It's fantastic. So good. All right, so let's jump into our fun facts. Woo-woo! All right, so like we did last week, we're going to give some holiday fun facts about the different holidays. The first one is about Christmas. Apparently, the crew of NASA's Gemini 6A spaceflight got into the Christmas spirit and made history when they played Jingle Bells on December 16th, 1965, earning the Jolly Jingle the Guinness World Record for being the first song ever played in space. Wow. Yay. So about Kwanzaa. So each day of Kwanzaa is dedicated to one of seven principles. Unity, self-determination, collective responsibility, cooperative economics, purpose, creativity, and faith. That's so sweet. I love that. Isn't that beautiful? That's like yeah, incredible. I actually really love that. I'm like, can we do that on Christmas too? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah you, you'd think, you'd, you'd think. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you totally can on your own, but um, that is beautiful. <laughs> so our next fun fact is about Hanukkah. Tomorrow is actually the end of Hanukkah. So happy Hanukkah to everyone out there. By the time you guys are hearing this, it'll be over. But yeah. <laughs> for us, we still have one more day. <laughs> 
us, it ends tomorrow. So we will be celebrating tonight on your behalf. Yeah. <laughs> so apparently Harry Truman was the first president to celebrate Hanukkah at the White House. Oh. Yeah. And he was even gifted a menorah by the president of Israel. I'm like, I'm not sure if he was the prime minister or the president. I'm not sure which one they have over there. But yeah, I thought that was beautiful. Yeah, I love that. So jumping into fun facts about this movie. Yay! So the first fun fact that we have about this film is that it was shot during a bitterly cold New York winter. On several occasions, the cameras literally froze. Oh my gosh. Maureen O'Hara said that she remembered a woman named Vaughn Mele lived across the street from where they were shooting exteriors and allowed the crew to warm up in her house. In gratitude, O'Hara took her and her husband to the famed 21 restaurant, and Vaughn was so excited that all she could drink was a glass of milk. She's <laughs> oh, <laughs> like so nervous. <laughs> That's so cute. I love that. I mean, wouldn't you also be the same way if you were like, I just got invited to a really fancy, expensive restaurant by a famous actress. What do I even order? <laughs> like, what do people like drink and eat? <laughs> Honestly, though, I feel like I would be like Ricky Bobby where I'm like, I, I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> like, what do all these forks mean? <laughs> yes. I would probably stay away from the milk, though, because I'm lactose intolerant. And that is a whole other issue we do not want to have in front of a famous person. Yeah. <laughs> but Yeah. Um, that is really cute. I love that. So our next fun fact about this film is that the house shown at the end of the film is a 1,703 square foot single family home built in 1943 at 24 Derby Road, Port Washington, New York. And today, apparently the house practically looks the same as it did then. Which is really cute. Yeah, I love when houses from movies, when you go by them, they still look like the house from the movie. Like they don't yeah. do anything crazy to it. I love that. Yeah, and I just read somewhere like the Home Alone house, which by the way, guys, they didn't even film in the Home Alone house at all. But apparently you can <laughs> stay in there for a, um, like an Airbnb. You can mm -hmm. rent it out for a night. And like just stuff like that, how it's preserved and it looks the same as it did in the movie. And this house as well is so cool to me. I love that. Oh, I love that so much. Okay. And our last fun fact is that according to Natalie Wood's biographer, during the shoot, Natalie was convinced that Edmund Gwen was actually Santa Claus. And by all accounts, he was a very good natured man on set and in life. So yeah. like totally believable. But it wasn't <laughs> until she saw him out of costume at the rap party that she realized he wasn't Santa. That hurts my heart. It's like hurts, but it's also like, oh, but like, I'm happy that he was such a nice guy that she genuinely right. believed he was Santa because he was just so like happy and joyful. I love that, but it makes me feel so bad. Like, I feel like her childhood was ruined in that moment. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like her life was just, she was like, I'm, everything's uh, a lie. I mean, if we're going to talk about Natalie Wood, her life was ruined way <laughs> a long time ago. She's got a whole history, but <laughs> yeah, I don't think that was the worst thing that ever happened. To her, but <laughs> if we ever start a history podcast on like old Hollywood tales, we'll go into it. <laughs> right. In all our free time, guys, it's yeah, yeah, coming yeah. soon. <laughs> so much free time. <laughs> You know what? We'll start it tomorrow. Don't yeah. you worry. <laughs> Who needs to work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so how much did we actually watch this as kids? Um, a lot. Every year. Literally every <laughs> year, if not twice a year. This is one of my parents' favorite holiday movies. And this Aww. is, of course, now one of my favorite holiday movies. So yeah, a lot. That's so sweet. What about you? 
you're going to judge me, but this is my first time ever seeing this movie. Oh my God. How yeah. have you? Oh, oh I, have, I have so many questions. I have so many <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> I've been too busy only watching The Grinch. Oh my God. I'm so excited to get into this with you then. Um, I'm not going to lie. I had no idea what this movie was about. I thought it was just about the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Oh, it's so much more than that. <laughs> like That was the first five minutes. And then I was like, wow, there's more to this story. Okay. <laughs> I love that. All right. Do you have any nostalgic memories of watching this as a kid? Like, what was your favorite part? When I was a kid, the best part to me by far was the scene where they're in the courtroom and they have to prove that he's Santa Claus and they dump Aww. out the giant sack of letters from children to him, like to Santa, out in the middle of the courtroom. And that is like, that scene has <laughs> stuck with me since I was a child. I don't know Someone's why. Someone's been watching too much Law and Order SVU. Well, I was like, it was like my childhood <laughs> legally blonde moment. Like when yes. she like... <laughs> So it's like, it was like the L Woods moment. Like that was my like mic drop, like yeah. courtroom moment. I was like, yes. So that is stuck with me. I'm like, <laughs> did that spawn your love of uh, courtroom dramas and oh, stuff like that and true yeah. crime? hundred percent. Probably. <laughs> Steph's like a monster has arisen in, inside me. Oh my God. I just want to, <laughs> I just want to mic drop in a courtroom right now. Like, <laughs> right. All right, Lex. Well, moment of truth. What was it like for you to watch this as an adult? <laughs> um, I thought it was very interesting. This movie definitely ages itself big time. I want to start off by saying, I think I've said this before, but I absolutely adore black and white films. I think there's something so amazing about them. Yeah. And so awesome. Just like seeing the black and white on screen, it just makes you feel nostalgic and happy. I don't know what it is, but um, I love it. Yeah, 100%. There's something very comforting about black and white movies yeah. and I don't know if it's because my grandparents only watch black and white movies so when I'd see them after school many days of the week I would literally yeah. just be like watching black and white movies with them and so maybe I think of that but I don't know there's just they're so soft like even yeah. the lighting on them is so soft and the way everybody talks with their transatlantic accents and like yeah <laughs> I agree. It's so nostalgic and it's it's just so, I don't know, it gives you like a warm feeling inside to watch them, you know? It definitely needs to come back because like yeah. even after seeing Malcolm and Marie, which came out, I believe this year or last year, it mm -hmm. and that whole movie was in black and white. I love it. I think it's so cool that they brought that back. But um, yeah. I'm like, I want to see it more. I need more of it. Yeah, 100%. 100%. It's it's a unused film medium that I wish, I agree, I wish it would come yeah. back. Yeah. Um, I will say I love that the intro shot of the film was Santa walking with his cane and then the um, closing shot was of Santa's cane by itself. I thought that was really cute. Yeah, we love it. We love a full circle. We love a callback. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. But then I'm also like, how is he going to walk without the cane? Like, where is he? He's Santa. He can make another one. <laughs> That's true. He probably just put a finger next to his nose and went up the chimney. Exactly. It's funny. I never related to someone more heavily than the Santa that was drunk at the beginning. <laughs> I also love his reasoning. He's like, I'm cold. <laughs> you know, he's not wrong. <laughs> and he told that to everyone. Everyone was like, what are you doing? You can't be drunk. He's like, I'm cold. There's no other alternative. <laughs> he's right. Sometimes. <laughs> For some people, that works. <laughs> yeah. Although in the intro, I was like, is Santa... A Karen? Like, is is Santa? Was 
was he a Karen? Demanding a manager. <laughs> yeah. He was like, who's running this? Send her to me. He's completely correct. <laughs> he was like correcting the guy in the storefront window, fixing all the reindeer and everything. I was like, Santa, like relax. Stop being a Karen. Santa just wants everyone to be at their very best and he knows everyone can do better. So he's like, do better. <laughs> it's like, you know their worth and you're like a really good leader and you're very good at teaching people. But at the yeah. same time, like, are you borderline a Karen? I Does Santa know what a Karen is if he lives up in the North Pole and doesn't come down here? I think, <laughs> I think he invented a Karen. <laughs> That's the naughty list. There's, there's a Karen list. <laughs> nice, naughty Karen. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> he only checks that list once. Yeah. <laughs> Does not need to check twice. He knows. <laughs> yep. A second time would just give him a headache. Yeah. I also like in the beginning when he's when he's like, ma'am, this Santa is drunk. He cannot go on. And the lady's like, can you go on? And he's like, I couldn't. Well, 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 we all love a little spotlight. <laughs> <laughs> Give him the old razzle dazzle. <laughs> yeah. And I love how he, they showed like video footage of him in the parade. He's waving to everyone and it's really cute. But at the same time, they're like, this is the best Santa we've ever had. And I'm like, who were you guys <laughs> hiring before? You know, do you watch the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade? Yeah. Because I watch it every year, like religiously. And some years there are not good Santas. So they are right. There are some years they're not like bad Santas, but they're not as jolly and exuberant as other Santas in other years. Like this year's Santa, great, excellent, wonderful. He embodied Christmas. Thank you, Father Winter. We love you. Um, (laughs) It's giving me, it's giving me jolly. It's giving me jingle bells. Right. Um, (laughs) He's slaying. He's slaying. But... (laughs) But there's been other years where the Santa just kind of like sits and like just like waves. And it's like, no, you got to like give, get up and like fully do like the Grinch, like both arms open. Like, yes, Christmas. Like you need to give it your all. And some Santas do and some Santas don't. And I don't like the more demure Santas. I like the Santas that are like, yes, it's Christmas. Get up. Yes. So that felt very realistic to me. (laughs) Um, It's just funny to me because I'm like, he's sitting in the sleigh the whole time. Like, why can't he just wave? You know what I mean? Like, how is he so much better than everyone else? Because the other ones are drunk. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that just means they like to party, guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's the 1940s. It's a different time. <laughs> exactly. I definitely thought the parts that aged themselves was the part, um, first of all, when... So Doris gets home from... Um, basically running the whole Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Mm-hmm. And she's like, where's my daughter? And the lady who's cooking is like, uh, she's over in that apartment. I've been watching I've been watching them, but she's with the new neighbor. And I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You just, like, you just let her out? You just let her go? <laughs> yeah. She was like, I didn't think you would mind. I would have been like, are you kidding me? I would have been like, like, you let my child go to a stranger's apartment. Yes. <laughs> and not only that, but like, then the guy's like, the quickest way to meet a mom is to, is to like, suck up to the kid. And I'm like, so the, the best way to meet a mom is to kidnap the Are child? You kidding me? <laughs> I'm like, seriously, this movie could have been turned into a horror film at any point. 
Honestly, it could have, but again, it was the 1940s and people just did that. They went to their neighbor's houses, they left their doors unlocked, they did all this stuff. And it's not to say that there weren't bad people back then. They there were. It just there wasn't like a lot of it like in newspapers or on TV. I mean, yeah. you think about it, it wasn't really until like the 70s, 60s, 70s that people started to become more aware that like, oh, there's actually like really bad people and bad things are right. kind of happening everywhere. And everybody always says they're like, well, when I was growing up, like we didn't have to deal with this being, you know, it's not as bad as it is now. And I'm like, it's, it's kind of always been bad. We're just more aware of it now. <laughs> yeah. Now everything is publicized in the media yeah. and everything. Like exactly. now we have more access to cameras. So it's getting caught yep. more. Yep. But yeah, that part was so crazy to me. And then he was like, and then um, Doris was like, I heard you also took them to the zoo yesterday. I'm like, this man took them on an outing. They left the building. <laughs> I'm like, he's never met you. And he took your child to the zoo. Like, it's a no from me, dog. I would have a fit. <laughs> I would have a full on fit. <laughs> yeah. Like we would be in the courthouse, but for a murder trial. Instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would be on the stand and they would be like, she's innocent. Like, just let her go. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be on the stand and they'd be like, she didn't do it. And I'd be like, I did it. (laughs) The judge would just be like, understandable, like bangs his gavel and we can get out of here. Like Like, insane. I also thought it was funny how, like you said about the accents, you said something about their accents earlier. And I was like, oh yeah, I've never heard people talk without the h in the th words so insane to me that they were like thank you i'm at the thanksgiving day parade i was like what is happening it's that weird early hollywood accent like i said the other one's the the transatlantic one where they're like you know got your airplane shoes on and you know they've got they talk like that (laughs) but it's like i got your newspaper here yeah yeah yeah, exactly but that's that's the transatlantic one but yeah they talk so strange in the early movies and I don't know if people actually talk like that, like just conversationally, yeah. if it's something that everybody put on when they were filming movies, because <laughs> it just kind of like so disappears if I like the 50s, 60s, like it's gone. So it's like, what, what was the era of that? <laughs> right. I was like, where did the H go? Did you guys not have the letter H in 1947? Yeah. <laughs> that was invented in 1948. <laughs> they were like, disregard that, that letter. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I I think my biggest gripe with this film and like I'm sure it's pretty much supposed to be kind of frustrating was Doris's whole like not letting Susie believe anything that wasn't real just because she was bitter. Yeah. And I was like, I get that. Like it's supposed to be her flaw and like Santa's supposed to come in and save them and make them um, believe and they're supposed to open up their imaginations by the end of the movie. But right. her whole, like, she didn't even sing to her daughter. Like, she didn't read her any fairy tales because she didn't want her believing anything because she was basically bitter that her marriage didn't work out. Wild. I was like, girlfriend, get it together. Yeah. She's like, if I can't have joy, neither can you, small child. Exactly. (laughs) And that's why I like the one part. I forget the gentleman's name, but her love interest basically says something like, um, I thought we were talking about Susie here during their conversation because she started bringing up something about love and fairy tales and stuff and like how they're ridiculous. And he's like, I thought we were talking about Susie here. And she was like, well, I'm her mother and you got to do what I say and stuff like that. And I'm like, 
Yep, he hit the button. He hit the defense button. Yep. My man's Fred was out here fighting for his life like every day. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm over here like, are you are you sure she's the one, my guy? Are you, he are was you right. Sure? He came out swinging. <laughs> yeah. He like kidnapped her daughter. Was like, I'm j- I just wanted to meet you. And then like, I mean, get a dog. Like, isn't that the thing that a bunch of single guys do? They like get a dog and then they just take their dog out in public and girls come up to them. Like that's, that's what you got to do. Like this man let a stranger stay in his home in a double bed next to him just to get Doris to like him even more and to like get closer to her. I was like, my man's my man's it's got it bad weird. it's weird but it's also it's weird me by dedication. today's standards like yeah. yeah it's weird by today's standards but like back then i assume it wouldn't have been as weird yeah. of a thing so like by today's standards he would have a restraining um, order restraining order against him he would be yeah. blocked on all social media he would be hundo percent yeah exactly <laughs> I thought that the psych, the guy pretending to be a psychiatrist basically was very annoying, which he's supposed to be. He's the villain. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he did his he did his character justice because I wanted to pop him <laughs> after Santa did. I was like, yeah, hit him again. <laughs> I did enjoy that they gave Santa that moment of like Santa is just a person. Yeah, and he isn't always cheerful and jolly a hundred percent of the time because I feel like. In some movies, they're like, Santa is either, like, super jolly or he's, like, grouchy and he's just, like, irritable. And those are, like, Santa's two moods. And this was, like, he's still a jolly guy, but, like, sometimes he just, just got to pop one he'll off He'll still on fight you in the street. He'll still fight you in the street. Like, he, he'll, he's coming for you. But, like, I, I don't know. I enjoyed it. It was more of a realistic version of how I would imagine someone who is perpetually positive and joyful to, like, pop off and, like, have a moment. Yeah. He's like, you know what? No one's here. Yeah. <laughs> you effed around and found out. <laughs> yep, exactly. I'm from the North Pole. You don't even North know. Pole. <laughs> North side. Um, so funny. But yeah, and then like the psychiatrist, he was like, oh, he questioned me in our first encounter. He must be locked up. I was like, sir. <laughs> you would be shocked at how many professionals are like that. Sir. <laughs> They're like, you questioned me? Death to you. Yes. Jail. <laughs> He's like off with his head. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, you agree with me 24-7 or you die. The fragile ego. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did love Susie. I thought she was adorable. I did not realize that that was Natalie Wood. And yeah. she was so cute in this movie. So I loved precious. her little character. I loved the part, like the part that was so heartbreaking to me was the part where she didn't know how to play yeah. with other kids. Like she didn't know how to use her imagination. And I loved that Santa was showing her and she was like in the mirror making noises and stuff. And it was so cute. You could tell she was trying so hard. Yeah. And then she just like runs in the frame being all crazy and then she leaves. I thought it was so cute. <laughs> but that part broke my heart. Yeah. I was like, oh, let kids be kids. Yeah. I also like how she asked Santa for real estate. She was like, you know what I really want? <laughs> She's like, you know what I need? A, or a down bedroom. <laughs> she was like the original Santa baby. Yeah, She's yeah, like, yeah. I need a duplex and <laughs> checks. <laughs> 
She's like, if it's not too much. <laughs> yes. And then she even challenged him too, which I loved. She was like, you know what? If you can't do it, then I guess you're not Santa. <laughs> She's like, beat that. <laughs> She's like, do it or I don't believe in you. I mean, what's he going to do? You got to rise to the challenge. <laughs> right. You can't let a kid get one over on you. <laughs> yeah. And I loved that he was fully into it and he delivered by the end. I was yeah. like, what a guy. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> what a guy. Yeah, but I really didn't have any other major notes on this film. I thought it was really cute. I thought it definitely aged itself um, in certain parts, but I did think it, that it was really adorable, and I really liked the whole um, Santa Claus courtroom aspect. I thought that yeah. was a really fresh take on the whole story of Santa Claus. I thought it was really cute. Yeah, very original. Yeah, and I loved how, like, I wasn't rolling my eyes at the parts where it aged itself either. Yeah. You know what I mean? I thought yeah. it was it was funny to watch the way that things have changed. Yeah. But it wasn't, it wasn't obnoxious and it wasn't annoying. I thought it was still a really cute movie. And I also loved how it shows you how commercialized Christmas is as well now. Yeah. Even back then. Yeah. No, it has been for so long, and I agree with you. I think the parts where it dates itself, they're not, like, problematic or insulting yeah. or, like, cringy. It's more like, wow, things were so different during that time. And it just kind of makes you think back to, like, wow, yeah. that's not something that, like, people today would do or think or say. But, like, it's interesting yeah. that, like, that was completely normal and just totally regular back then. So, yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah. Granted, uh, Doris did have a woman of color working for her, which I didn't appreciate, but yep. at least she wasn't rude and it wasn't disrespectful or anything. It was, and it was a really short part, but, um, I did notice that and I was like, ma'am, ma'am, you better be treating this woman with respect because it's what she deserves. Better give her a bonus. Give her her checks. Yeah. Yeah. She was like, we have enough turkey. And I was like, uh, is she not eating? Like yeah, yeah you're gonna feed her you're gonna feed your girl yeah. you're gonna give her some food too thanks but that was really the only part that I was like oh gosh here we go but then yeah they didn't show her, the woman again and I was like okay we're in the clear guys we don't have to cancel this movie yeah. um <laughs> not that I would but still it's like it's one of those things that you're definitely aware of now yeah it's different um but yeah and then like I said the whole storyline of the commercialism how they were basically like Macy's is basically putting the customer first and that's unheard of and like they're sending people <laughs> to other department stores because we don't have their products and like that was such a wild concept for everyone to grasp and everyone started shopping at Macy's more it was almost like a reverse psychology moment yeah which I thought was really funny but um I thought it was also really funny to read about the 1994 movie how Macy's wouldn't I guess give them the rights to use their name in that film so like they had to make up a name which I thought was really funny but yeah like this movie was really cute guys and I I'm not sure I think this is probably one of my favorite adaptations of Santa yeah like one of my favorite movie versions of Santa Claus. Me too. This is easily one of my like top three versions of Santa. I really, really like this one. Yeah. Who are your other ones? Ooh. Um, other than Tim Allen. No. <laughs> um, I think it's definitely the Miracle on 34th Street Santa. 
I really like the Santa and Rudolph. I'm really partial to him. Um, I just the Santa and Rudolph is kind of a jerk. He is, but I kind of love him. Yeah, um, <laughs> Steph's like he's a petty king, and he I is love such him. a petty king. But I kind of adore him. Um, <laughs> I think it's just the nostalgia of him. And then yeah. I think the third one would probably be the Grinch. <laughs> no, it'll be the Santa from uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas. I think he's um, also one of my favorites. Um, Sandy Claus. <laughs> Sandy Claus. Yeah, I can't think of any like other live action ones that I've really, really liked. Right. I really love Tim Allen's Santa Claus, but that's I feel like that's mainly because I grew up with it as well. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I can't really think of any other ones. Um, oh, you know who I also love? Kurt Russell's Santa Claus. I oh, really love Kurt Russell's so Santa. He's so good. Yeah, he's great. He is really good. And now I'm trying to think. I'm like, I know, do it's we like, know of any other Sandy? San, I almost said Sandy Claus, too. Do we know any other? What other movies? <laughs> oh, The Polar Express. I like the Santa in that one a lot. Oh. That's not a live action, but still. My hot take is that I don't like The Polar Express. <laughs> <gasps> That's my hot take, though. <laughs> Care to explain? I just, I don't know. I never liked it. I think the animation is creepy, and I just never got oh into it. Oh, my gosh. I just, I, I mean, was honestly, honestly, I kind of get that. It's an animation where the faces are like so close to being real, but they're not quite real. Yeah. It's, um, what's it called? The uncanny Valley where like something is so close to being human, like, but it's not quite right that like your brain yeah. is like fight or flight immediately. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny though, because when the Polar Express came out, like the animation was so top notch. It was like so high tech and so new and so cool. And now it has the same effect as like Toy Story when it's yeah. like really creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I thought the ultimate Christmas present Santa was really good. Yeah, I thought he was fine. He was one of the ones where I was like, it's interesting that like he's happy, but then he's also like really grouchy. And I was like, what yeah. is your personality, sir? I did like him and Mrs. Claus together, though. I love he when was Mrs. Claus is very included. believable. Yeah. The Year Without a Santa Claus, that Santa, he's also, he's a good one. <laughs> I like the bad A Santa from, uh, uh, Rise of the Guardians. I think he's oh, so yes. fun. Oh, yes. He has Naughty Rise and the nice Guardians. tattooed on his forearms. I love Man. him. You guys, next year we'll review Rise of the Guardians for you because that's a it good one. It is so underrated. It's I love so that good. Movie. So good. Maybe we can do that one in January because it is more Jack Frost based. Yeah, I like that. That's a good idea. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like moving on from Santa. <laughs> I. Because <laughs> I literally, along. I keep trucking along. It's funny here. because I. I kind of forgot we were recording for a second. Like, I was yeah. just scrolling through my phone. Like, who else has been Santa? Guys, this is how we have conversations. <laughs> Honestly, it's just me and Steph talking right now. Yeah. Like, I, I forgot for a second. But hello, everyone. We're back. Like I said, my ma- my brain is mush today. We're doing um, great. My brain is hoo-hash today. <laughs> but yeah, do you think there's anything of this movie that you would like to change? Is there a way for this to get better? nothing beyond what we've already talked about I think yeah yeah I don't think anything beyond what we've discussed thus far what about you the one thing that kind of made me laugh was the whole courtroom part like I Mm -hmm. loved that whole aspect of it right but I thought it was really funny I kind of wish it lasted longer yeah that's fair because they were like they brought Santa in for questioning right at the podium, they brought a little boy in for questioning, and then they just dumped the mail on the judge's desk. And I was like, I loved that. But then the judge was just like, Okay, case, mis- 
case dismissed. And I was like, we don't get to see more. Like, yeah. I want to see more. <laughs> I want more of the courtroom I see drama. hard hitting evidence. Yes. <laughs> I need it. I thought that was really cool though. Um, and then I kind of wanted to see more chemistry between Doris and, uh, what was his name? Fred. Fred. Uh, <laughs> Frederick. I really wanted to see more chemistry between them because it was funny how at the end he was like, did you say that very nice thing to your own daughter? And she was like, yeah. And then he just like planted one on her. And I was like, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Like go off. Been, yeah. I'm like, they had been building up the whole time or basically like set up him being the love interest by him like doing so much for her and like building right. a connection with Susie but I didn't really feel any connection between the two of them yeah I mean she just kind of kept like rebuffing him like she was just kind of yeah. like not into it and then suddenly at the end they're like we're into each right. other <laughs> I was like are you into him or are you not like is this a enemies to lovers is this you had a crush on him in the beginning and now everything's good like what is yeah this? yeah um, cause she was so bitter in the beginning. So I was like, okay, this is probably going to be like an enemies to lovers kind of thing. And then, right. They just kissed at the end and I was like, okay, I guess we skipped that character that. development. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. That's all I have to really say about this. All right. Well then let's get into our critic ratings. All right. So for critic ratings, Miracle on 34th Street received a 7.9 out of 10 on IMDb, a 96% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes, an 87% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, and 4 out of 5 stars on Common Sense Media. Now for our ratings, we can rate Miracle on 34th Street on a scale of A plus to F minus. A plus meaning this film holds up 74 years later. It's pure magic and I loved every second of this. I will definitely be rewatching it every year. F minus meaning this film is very overrated. It doesn't deserve any of the hype it receives. And I won't be watching this again. Based on this rating <laughs> scale, how would you rate Miracle on 34th Street, Steph? It's an A plus for me. Like I said, I watch this every year. I love this movie. What about you? Um, I would probably give this an A minus. Okay. She made it to the A category. Yeah, I thought it was really good, but I'm not going to lie. I was kind of bored during certain parts. Like, I feel like the movie kind of dragged on a little bit. And like, this isn't one of those movies that I would turn to first when I want to watch a Christmas movie, but I did mm -hmm. really like it. I thought it was really good. I just... I'm one of those people who, like, if I put on a movie, I always end up doing something else right. while watching the movie. So I would have to be in the mood to, like, actually sit down and enjoy this movie. Yeah. But I, I really liked it. Good. So A minus. I'm so glad that you liked it for a first yes. timer. <laughs> it's a miracle on my street. I liked it, guys. <laughs> It's a Christmas miracle. All right, everybody, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Chasing Childhood Podcast and on Facebook at Just Chasing Childhood. We appreciate any and all feedback, so leave us a rating on whatever listening platform you're using to tune in on. Yes, go follow now and be sure to tune in because we only have a few more holiday episodes coming up. You do not want to miss them. You don't want to miss them. Thanks for joining, everybody. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next week. See ya. Bye. Bye.